0: Welcome to Energizing Life with AKR Fitness. I'm your host, Jace, and I've got the usual suspects here, Mikey Mack. Oh, caught me off guard there, hello. Yeah. <laughs> and the Golden Air.
1: Oh, I like that. We'll keep that. We'll stick with that. Nicknames
0: today, is it? Names. I thought, well, I'll give you Sunday names the other day. I thought we would change. What's it up. yours?
1: <laughs> I'll go with sure. JC JC Pooh. JC
0: Pooh. You, you can't make up your own nickname, surely. That's it. Uh, we'll, we'll get a, we'll get some email feedback on whether or not you can make up your own nick, uh, nicknames. All right. We had Chris on last in, uh, last interview, last episode. <laughs> that was that was a good episode. And this time, we're going to dive back into our skill practices. So this this season we've been diving into our skill practices and our behaviour change approach. So let's get stuck in today with Snack smart and move more. So let's go snacks. Snack smart first, Mike. Explain to us about snacking smartly.
2: All right. So first of all, we like to make nutrition as simple as we can. Let's do that right now. So there's only two right. types of time where you eat. You're either eating at meal times or between meal times. For most people, we find that the challenge with food is more likely to be the between meal eating than the meal itself. I think most people generally know how to put together a balanced meal. You know, they'll have their breakfast, lunch, dinner, or, you know, I know some people don't enjoy breakfast, whatever, they can skip that. But often the problem, like where people go off track and they eat the extra calories is between meals. So snacking smart, this practice is about bringing awareness to the food we eat between meals. Should have gone. Yeah, go for it. Um, Pausing for dramatic effect. (laughs) The the way we practice this one is similar to some of the other ones. First of all, is choose your option. So, option one is eat three to four meals without any snacks, because actually, for a lot of people, especially if we're talking people who are trying to lose weight, they, they probably don't need to be eating between meals. And option two would be to upgrade your snacks as it were just choose smarter options options that better help you reach your goals Uh, so that's that's step one and then step two we typically say choose one listen to your body skill and one guideline so i can get into what what those things are yeah yeah, just uh, explain those a little bit more for us so again with with food two approaches one would be listen to your body skills so that's more tuning in to hunger, satiety, emotions, which is a big one around food. And guidelines are more like the structure. So a guideline when eating could be having set eating windows or a set number of meals a day. It could be what's on your plate, like a balanced meal. It could be a guideline, for an example, could be waiting 10 minutes after you've you know finished your, your evening meal before you go and have something else. So a guideline is, is the sort of, structure or guardrails around your eating habits and listen to your body skills is the ones about tuning in yeah.
0: Gu- guidelines are a little bit more flexible than definitive rules
2: yeah i mean you could call them rules but we call them guidelines for that exact reason is just to keep this sort of narrative of flexibility throughout everything we do
0: good so listening to your body skills how could somebody get better or how can
2: someone start where would they go with that Practice is, is the path forwards. There's you know, there's a range of skills that they can they can choose, but some of the ones that we suggest are practicing distinguishing true hunger from emotions. So particularly with snacking, you know, people aren't probably most of the time people are snacking not because they're hungry, but because they they're trifle something else. They're bored or lonely or tired or stressed out or, or whatever. And I'm not saying don't ever eat in those moments you know and and food you know we're not that sort of place that says food is only fuel and whatever you know food has social context and all sorts of things but a good step is to distinguish that, you know like am I genuinely hungry or am I just feeling a bit emotional or you know lonely or because the solution might not be you know, a bar of chocolate. The solution might be pick up the phone and call your friend or go for a walk or do something else. So or, go, that's, or
1: go to bed. Or go to bed, <laughs> go yeah. to bed. Do you know what? That's,
2: that's one for me. Like, when I'm, when I'm physically tired, I've historically had this tendency to try and eat myself into better energy, you know, which can work to an extent, you know, when you, you have a, a sugar high and you get some energy. and Sugar you
0: spike comes down real fast. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and
2: a, yeah. And a lot of those times for me, I'm not that good... We've kind of touched them before but just taking a time out or having a lie down or something like that but when when you ask yourself the question i'm actually hungry right now or am i uh, just tired or am i uh, just something else it's
1: really hard to get to that point of asking that question though i always find if i'm feeling tired or burnt out i go home from a hard shift i open the cupboard and i'm already within like in the packet of biscuits before i even think to myself and i'm like hold on a minute, you know, but it's catching, it's trying to be able to practice that skill to catch yourself before you get to that point of being halfway through the packet of biscuits.
0: It's it's getting the cue and changing it, Mm -hmm. or not changing the cue, but changing the response to the cue. Yeah, and
2: one of the strategies we suggest for that is label the emotion, where it's just, like, put a name on what you're feeling, like, call it out. I am feeling tired, lonely, stressed. Triggered. I just saw a magnum on TV. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, That's a big one for me though. Like, see whenever I see ice cream on TV, I'm like, do I have any of that in the freezer?
2: I'm going in. And yeah. th- there's another thing from there is, you know, we spoke on a previous one about how you can stack habits on top of each other. So when you do one thing, you can use that to cue another. Yeah. And that's I think often what happens with, you know, sitting down in front of the telly. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll need a packet of crisps now, or, or something like that. Yeah. So it's, it's just, the Snack Smart is just trying to bring a bit more awareness to some of this stuff.
1: I think I, I, I like to think of a story that has been with me through life, and it's going to your grandma's house or going back to your mum's. Do you want a cup of tea? Yeah, I'd love a cup of tea. And the whole biscuit tin comes out. Not just one biscuit, the whole. I don't know if that's like a British culture no, thing. Yeah, or. definitely. A, Every time you go into somebody's house, family member, usually older, the biscuit tins out, you've got a cup of tea, and the next thing you know, like, that's a habit. So every time now, if I have a cup of tea, I'm like, where's the biscuits? So it stayed with me through that.
0: It's weird as well. It's like, growing up, I was always told, never go to someone's house empty-handed, so you always bring biscuits with you as well. Yeah.
2: (laughs) The thing, though, I'd like to reinforce there, no problem having a biscuit while you're having a cup of tea. Sometimes you have to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, And... And if that's something that you enjoy and it works as part of your life, great. If, if on the other hand, you're the person who's trying to lose weight and you've eaten too many biscuits, then that's where you might want to practice this skill. So for Lindsay, she might be totally happy. I don't need to work on not having biscuits with my tea because it Mm -hmm. it fits in my life and I'm happy with where I'm at with it. You know, I think that's, that's, that's a point. And Mm -hmm. that's where the, the skill that people choose to practice has got to feel right for them. It's not like everyone must do this. You know? Mm -hmm. Do you have any other tips
0: or tricks for sort of this labelling the motions or listening to your body?
2: I think listening to the body skill is is yeah, a lot of it is just slowing down and again, a reminder that it's a practice. You might you might be pretty tuned in one day and then the next day you've realised you've eaten all the biscuits with your cup of tea Mm -hmm. and you know you oh but the great thing about these things is the next day or the next meal, you can say, okay, I'm going to I'm going to tune in and I'm going to wait. I'm going to eat slow and I'm going to wait thirty minutes before my next, yeah. you know, bite to eat.
1: I think for me as well, if I'm sitting watching the TV, Saturday afternoon, Sunday, I'll um, if I'm thinking, mm, I'm quite hungry, I will I'll leave it a little bit, okay, maybe five ten minutes, and then if I still want it, I'll go and get it, or if I'm doing something. I'll continue doing that for another five, ten minutes before I go and get it. So it just gives me that little break. Yeah. I'm, do I actually want this or not?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm slightly similar. I think I mentioned it in another podcast where if I do want like a biscuit or a chocolate bar, I'll have an upgraded snack first. I'll have I'd a piece of fruit or mm-hmm. you know, carrots or something. Then I'll decide whether or not I want that, that extra chocolate bar, biscuit, whatever it might be.
1: It's just but, taking that moment before going in, is it? I yeah, exactly. I think,
2: I think that's... Again, going back to some of the previous stuff we spoke about, I think when you've got hard and fast rules, like I'm not allowed to have this, you set yourself up to fail. It's more alluring. You want it more. But one strategy, similar like that, is like, well, I can have it, just not now. I'll have it in 10 minutes. If I still want it in 10 minutes, then I'll have it. Or like you said, Jace, I'm going to have fruit first and then I'll have it. And a, a key part to this is being flexible as well. And just sometimes, you know, I'm going to have the damn ice yeah. cream or whatever just you know yeah. you sometimes yeah. saying yes and sometimes uh-huh. saying no is totally fine and it's, and it's just the opposite of that diet mentality where it's it's hard and fast rules
0: let's talk a little bit more about the guidelines as well then so you said you'd be flexible with them tell us a little bit more about that
2: so the, the guidelines i guess it's i guess it's similar it's not hard and fast rules because you'll just um when people feel controlled they rebel. yeah. So it's just creating, it's creating some structure to keep me on track. One of, the, one of the ones that I found really valuable, coming out of a place with a not-so-helpful relationship with food, coming out of a place where I think over the years I'd trained myself to eat when I wasn't hungry, partly with, like, in football, you know, I'd maybe have football training later, so I better eat now, or, you know, there's only so many opportunities to eat. And I, I got to the stage where I was probably just eating... Constantly. Yeah. So a simple guideline for me was like, well, are you having breakfast, lunch and dinner? And roughly when are you going to have them? So setting, creating meal windows, I think is a great first step for someone because it creates structure in the day. And then also, I know we're talking about guidelines now, but I think if you have meal windows, like I'm going to eat roughly between, I don't know, say six and eight in the morning. And then whether you have a snack or not, mid-morning and then maybe between 11 and 1 lunch or you know whatever works in your life but what it does is it it lets you then recognize and tune into your hunger before your next meal time whereas before I was I was probably never hungry mm-hmm. and always eating yeah. whereas if I know now I have my breakfast say 8 a.m. and I want I want to eat a breakfast that lets me last 4 6 hours before my next meal if I'm starving at 9 or 10 a.m., then... Yeah, you know you need to... Yeah, and I, I need to maybe have a bigger breakfast. Or if people don't want to have a bigger breakfast, maybe they have a later breakfast or a second breakfast or a snack yeah. or something. But but having that guideline of when I'm going to eat lets me know, okay, well, say 45 minutes before my next meal, it would be normal to begin to feel hungry again. Yeah. And I should be able to sustain that, you know, after eating for a few hours... So I think it really helps people tune in and adapt to their body, which again, if you've got a history of dieting, you've probably, you know, you've probably got used to gritting through hunger or, you know, mm-hmm. feast or famine.
1: I think we're working shifts. And just like you said there, Mike, I don't want to get hungry and I want to keep my energy up. So I think from the very beginning of working at AKR, I would always have like breakfast between five and half five, then a snack usually around 8. Then I would eat again at like half 10, 11. Second breakfast. <laughs> Third. <laughs> and it just, you know, every two, three hours I was eating and I think my body's just gotten used to that. So I'm still doing that. But not that it, it works for me. Like it keeps my energy high for coaching like pretty much all day. But sometimes I think to myself, do I really need to be eating this right now? Like is Am I hungry enough for this? Yeah. Oh, I'll just eat it anyway because I won't get to eat for another two hours. I think it's an
2: important <laughs> point though because... You know, there was a while when the, you know, the, the guidance was, oh, you know, eat eight small meals a day to boost your metabolism or whatever. And then it's gone another way where people do their intermittent fasting and things. But it doesn't matter. I think what, what matters is finding the right structure that works for you. And even though, so you've still got meal windows, you've just got lots more yeah. of them. So you know when your next meal is mm-hmm. and how much you need to eat to, to make it to the next yeah. one. You've dabbled a little bit with snacking
0: protocols. What's your experiences at the minute with him?
2: Well, I, I used to do something very similar to, to Lindsay, you know, an early breakfast, a couple of hours later, another snack, lunch, train, another snack, whatever. Over the last six to 12 months, I've tried to have fewer eating windows, basically snack less and have a much bigger breakfast, try and yeah, not eat until lunch, Maybe still have something in the afternoon, but just snack less, and I think that's been helpful for me because yes, snacks typically were were where the problem was for me. And if I if I eat more meals, bigger meals, more nutritious meals, it just it's working better for me. Not uh, to say that's for everyone. Yeah.
0: How did you get to the point where you realised that your snacking was predominantly your your issue, I guess.
2: Um. I'm not sure I think I was just I think I was just reading and reflecting on, on what I was doing I don't think like don't get me wrong like I'm healthy my relationship with food is healthy nowadays I just thought sometimes I felt like again I was I was always eating or always craving things that that I probably didn't need mm-hmm. and so let's just experiment and let's eat bigger meals and see what happens
1: we have a few members that come in and a lot of them work in offices, and they say that there's a whole table with snacks every day. That Office are just, culture. Yeah, just filled with snacks every single day, and they find it really hard if they're walking past that table to not pick things up. So it sounds like what you're suggesting is maybe they could try having a bigger, bigger meal, at specific breakfast, lunch and dinner, and hopefully that would help a little bit with the...
2: Possibly, it possibly helped, but they're probably not picking those snacks up because they're hungry yeah. either. So that's yeah. that's the other thing to tune in with. Yeah. But I think if they, if you have a meal window, where you say, right, I'm going to eat breakfast at this time and lunch at this time, by default you have a window where you don't eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's like, it, it helps create the message. You know, oh, do you want? It's you know, it's Davy's birthday. Do you want a slice of cake or or yeah. someone's brought in chocolate bars? Mm-hmm. Do you want pieces? Like. You know what? I'm good because I'm I'm having my lunch yeah. in an hour. Yeah. I, d- I don't need it. And ha- and I would probably say most of the most of the snacks in in that kind of context we're talking about, they're probably not that great. It's no. different if it's like your granny's famous recipe yeah. of chocolate chip cookies, and, yeah, and it you it would be
1: sin not to take you that. Dare <laughs> say no. Yeah, you
2: would take them in, but if it's you know some supermarket yeah. smart price muffins or something that are. <laughs>
1: And it's just habit to pick it up as you pass. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're,
2: they're probably not worth, no. worth the calories.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, yeah. Probably habit, but also just the, the more you walk back and forth past that table, the more your willpower is going to diminish. And sooner or later, you're going to pick it up. So it's, you know, having some backups with you. You know, we spoke about the if then plans or fallback plans. It's just having something with you, you know, right, if I am going to walk past that table.
2: You shuffle backwards.
0: <laughs> I'll shuffle backwards and not walk past that
2: again. Yeah, it's it's funny though because see when you have like like Lindsay said earlier a packet of biscuits or let's say it's the festive period and people have those big tubs of of chocolates, you know your celebrations your heroes whatever they are. There's this weird thing where you have one and you get that little you know it's it's rewarding for for the brain and, and you like it and and so you have another one and you have another one and. I' thought a lot about this over the years, because there's no, there's no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow at the end of the packet of biscuits. So the first one's good. But the enjoyment you get from every subsequent biscuit or chocolate is a little bit less. It's a little bit less, until you've had far too many and then you feel terrible. And there was this line that I think it was from I think it's from one of these old Greek philosophers or something, but it really struck me where it was, "Enough is as good as a feast." i.e., you don't get any more. There's no more rewarding to have yeah. 10 biscuits than no. to have enough biscuits. And enough is probably fewer than what people think it yeah. is, you know? Mm-hmm. Again, I'm, I'm saying this as if I'm an expert on this no. stuff, but it's, it's something that it's, I've struggled with, you know, for a long time. You know, how many times when you you just over overeat and then you're like, ah, oh, should have done that. Crap, mm-hmm. that was, you know, but you're not like, that was one biscuit too many, you know? <laughs> no. Yeah, you can't pinpoint <laughs> the exact, yeah. I didn't eat <laughs> that one. <way>, and actually, <laughs> if you'd tuned in, and really enjoyed that first biscuit, then that was probably Enough. all you yeah. needed, yeah.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Okay, let's uh, talk about the, the second skill practice for today, which is move more. Mike, would you like to explain a little bit
2: about it? Um,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> move more. It. Lindsay, you explain. I think move more, for me, is basically m- just moving your body in ways that isn't exercise. Walking, housework, moving, stretching, playing.
0: Housework? What's
1: that? Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't do that.
0: Sorry, Jen. It's a, it's a weird concept, <laughs> is
1: it? <laughs> it's, it's moving your joints, moving your muscles, just being at one with your body, really. That's what I think it is.
2: Like, yeah, we, I'm, I'm ready now. Okay. <laughs> we, said, we said that on, on the episode where we spoke about getting into exercise, that you can almost separate just physical activity like informal impromptu and structured organized exercise as a workout and moving more in the more you know outside of exercise i think is a really helpful and healthy thing for people to do it helps it helps us keep our bodies supple you know it helps us age more gracefully because our joints work it's the it's the hinge that isn't used that rusts. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you if you if you keep things moving, you you get to keep moving. And for me, the way I the way I practice the move more skill is is what I mentioned before is doing a five minute flow, so a little sort of stretching, moving routine in the morning. And I also try and try and walk twelve and a half thousand steps at most days. I say try usually. I don't need to do m- much special to do no. that. I, well, I do go for a walk. I'll go for a walk or things like that. But it's just, are you keeping active? Essentially, it's that one. Yeah.
1: What does it mean for you?
0: Move more mean, what does <laughs> move more mean for me? There's a lot of M's <laughs> in, that, in that sentence. Uh, it's, yeah, just like Mike says, it's it's being active without being active. You know, choosing, choosing to walk a little bit further or just... Like little tricks I like to do: park further away, take the stairs, just choose to be a little bit more active than inactive. Like Mike, I also do a, a five-minute flow. I do mine at night time, and you know I find it just helps me chill out, it de-stresses me. It's part of my power-down routine. Mm-hmm. If you go back to one of the previous episodes, <laughs> so they kind of link together. It's yeah, it's just a, it's a I don't know. It's it's a it's a weird question. What does e- even mean
1: what? just physically, not just physically, sorry, but mentally for me like movement's medicine. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a hard session in the gym. It needs to be a nice chilled out walk or a stretch or even just, you know, playing. Yeah. But even if you've got a dog, playing with a dog, throwing the ball, just doing things yeah. that help you al- almost move, 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 move better, yeah.
2: I think, think as well, though, it's it's not just, we're not just talking about burn more calories, which is typically what no. people might think. No you know, moving gets the blood going around the body. That's what helps us, us feel better. And our muscles actually work as pumps. So our muscles squeeze the, you know, we've got a lymph system throughout the body. So it, the muscles squeeze those those vessels and it just like getting everything, getting all the, the fluids and the, the blood and everything move around the body helps, you know, helps you feel better, helps you recover from exercise and things like that, as well as, like I said, the, yeah. the mobility and keeping the body Supple.
0: I think moving more, generally in general, like what you're talking about, is probably one of the most underused recovery tools out there. Just you know if you're feeling a little bit sore or stiff from the gym, just go for a wee walk and feel better, and you will. But, well, and people
1: tend to go the other way, yeah, and just sit move. and not want to
0: move You get stiffer and stiffer mm-hmm. and sore and sore. Mm-hmm. Do we have any guidelines that we give our members for this? Do we I,
2: think, have some- I, th- I think one that, that I, I do think is important. When people, you know, they start counting steps or whatever, if, if they want to do that. And again, I will say that not everything has to be like spreadsheet and measured and whatever. You just go for a walk. You sure? <laughs>
1: I, no. I was sure. Mm,
2: but if you are, a simple way is like what I think we spoke about with body weight is rather than, rather than like a daily focus, you could focus on a weekly step goal. Again, it's just that little bit more flexible because there's maybe a day when you're stuck in meetings all day, or or it's pouring rain and you don't want to go for your walk. But can you can you hit that step goal by the end of the week? You know,
1: I think that's a really important point to make. Zooming out from one day to the week because just like we've been talking about, it's a skill, it's a practice. And if you're zoned in on one day and you think, well, I've not got my steps in today, well, that's it. Well, I'm not going to go for a walk tomorrow. Like your mindset switches yeah. to that.
2: And on the contrary, there's there's part of human nature that. You know, being being inactive and being lazy is just normal, and so I, I'll often find myself by the time I get to a weekend, I'll maybe have one day where I'm really low on the step count. Like I've done, I've done lots over the week, but man, I'm tired, and I need to, I need to be a bit inactive. You know,
0: have you had any experiences in your life where you've had a longer period of inactivity, and how it's made you feel? How did you get out of it? So I can't imagine it's an easy, an easy task to just get going again.
1: I would probably say injuries been one of them. Injuries? Yeah. Um, when I came back traveling I threw myself back into a football game which was 90 minutes. <laughs> and I was fine during it. It was after the 90 minutes, 5 days after and my quads were just so tight. Crumbled. Um and then I went to a wedding, it was actually a music festival and it my quad was just I don't even know what happened but it was disgusting I could hardly walk. But this was the Friday and I didn't really went and got it seen till the Monday. Um, but from that moment, I was maybe eight or ten weeks, literally couldn't even walk properly. So I was just, in, I felt in a rut. My mental state was horrible. I was, you didn't want to be around me, that's for sure. Um, and it just made me realise how important movement was to me for yeah. me- mentally and physically. So, so injury's a hard one.
0: How did you how did you get out of it? How did, what did you do? Did you just start slow? Did you pick?
1: Yeah, well, I just went to physio, and did the exercises, chipped away at it, and tried to have smaller goals rather than I can't do this, like throwing yeah. the, the toys out the pram. But yeah, it's hard work.
2: Yeah, Mike, have you, I'm trying to think. I'm racking my brains here. I've had, I've had all manner of injuries and things over the years, but I don't remember stopping moving. Like I've been, I've been through periods where certainly my fitness has has not been as strong and I remember similarly coming back from traveling I had a well actually I was still traveling and I booked a kettlebell certification a kettlebell teacher's course that was going to be I think six weeks after I got home from traveling and they sent me a 12-week training program to prepare and so while I was in Guatemala I went to a gym for a week and tried to do things and I realized that my, my fitness had deserted me a little bit but Throughout the travels, of course i was still I was still active and when i've been you know i' had a broken foot and broken elbow and things like that i would still I would have just worked around and moved in other ways so I'd, I think I value physical activity so much I genuinely don 't remember a time where i've you know just stopped. really yeah i mean there there'll have been times mm-hmm. where i've been unwell for a week or forever mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll move. I'll find yeah, you a way do your move.
1: best to get something done. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah if it, I'll, I'll do, you know, if, if my foot's in a plaster cast, then I'm, I'm moving my upper body. If, mm-hmm. if, you know, if I can only cycle or only swim, those were the sorts of things. And I guess at those times as well, I was I was playing football, so it was it was really important for me to you know keep some sort of respiratory fitness and things like that. So, was,
0: I like what you said, Lindsay, about just having that that small. Goals and that mm-hmm. small little wins. I think that's really important. That if you're only doing three thousand steps at the minute, don't aim for ten. Just no. try get three thousand five hundred. Yeah, three four thousand if you can push to that. I I think make it manageable to you is really important because what the, I think the ten thousand step rule is just it's a myth. I think it's an arbitrary number designed by the. Japanese who invented the... What's that? Pedometers? Is that what they're called? Speedometers? Pedometers? Pedometers. pedometers there's not a speedo. How fast you going. So yeah, I think it was just completely mythed in order to sell these, these devices. So like, just do what you can. Do- yeah,
2: I think there's, there's a few of the... You know, like they said um, about drinking water, you know, eight small glasses a day. Some of these, whether they're steeped in accuracy and scientific history or not, they can provide... Our guidelines sometimes yeah. with the steps can give a ballpark. I think I totally agree, though. If, sometimes if it struggling feels too to much. Get, yes, it's overwhelming. Yeah. If, yeah. if it's if it's so far ahead, it's almost like Chris when he was talking in the last show about going mm-hmm. off track. You know, when he changed job and during the lockdown, he couldn't be he couldn't be the the Chris and have the fitness routine of 2019, Chris, and so he kind of fell off track altogether, yeah. because when it when it feels so far away. Oh, what's the point? Yeah. and I think that can be the downside that, that you're saying, Jase, yeah. with, with the steps. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we're just. Can you do a little bit more? Just that little
0: bit, a little bit more than what you're doing now, and do oh. baby steps. Baby steps, exactly. Uh, do you have any other tips and tricks you wanna wanna give out? You oh, me oh, just just that one. Just yeah. start slow, move little, move often, do what you can.
2: Yeah, I would just say these these skill practices are meant to be fairly light and fairly straightforward basics. So they're not always going to sound groundbreaking or sexy or any of that sort of stuff, but that's the point because as we said in season one, so much of what people have have done in their fitness journey has been extreme stuff that they can't sustain and they've never actually learned just the basic set of skills to live a healthy, energized Mm -hmm. life. So yeah, we're just saying tune in your body, try and practice. And I think Snack Smart is... Certainly, for me, is one of the, the more challenging ones. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Tuning into the body, being present when you're eating, chewing your food, things like that. can These are these are some listen to body skills that you can work on. So often that I'll, I'll
0: it's not often I watch TV when I'm eating, but when I do, and then I'm, where's my food? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. where's <is> it
1: gone? <laughs> but yeah. Oh, did you 100%. take my Did you take my sandwich? Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, and and so it's it's not meant to be hard and fast rules. It's just tune in, and listen, and same with the move more. Just like, did you move today? Could you have a little stretch for five minutes? Could you go outside and have a take a little walk? Again, it's, it's about having almost a checklist for your, for your lifestyle yeah. where you say, you know, the previous ones have gone through, you know, where am I with my sleep? Where am I with that? And that's, that's all these are.
1: And just making it achievable for the individual not jumping too, too high, too fast.
2: Brilliant. I
0: think we'll wrap that up there. That was a lovely point to end on. All right, folks, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your ratings, your reviews. You can send it to a friend, share it on socials. It's hashtag energizing energizing life together. together. (laughs) If you've got any questions for us, we would love to answer them. It's podcast at akrfitness.com. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you, folks.